Can you hear me? Yeah, great. Okay. Well, good morning, everyone. Morning. And uh, a very warm welcome to you all here in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And also um, a welcome to uh, those who are viewing uh, today's uh, service, which is being live streamed uh, over the internet for others to view. So uh, I just uh, give that also as a warning to any here uh, that if you are up the front, somewhere up the front, you will be caught on camera for the entire world <laughs> to see, okay? Um, that's why we've asked for um, consent forms to be given for uh, children, young people, uh, if, uh, for, for permission to appear. So if you do not want to appear, or, or you do not want others to appear, then uh, don't come up the, the front, as it were. So we're gathering together, uh, either here in this building, or present uh, in spirit, wherever we are in our homes, and we are gathering in order to uh, gather together with one another, uh, to be with one another, um, but also to participate together in our worship to God, to lift up the name of Jesus. See, Jesus is our Saviour and our Lord, and we gather to proclaim him to worship him, to praise him, to encounter our God here in this place, to draw near to him and to allow him to uh, be at work in our lives, to move by his spirit and bring about his purposes within and through our lives. For those who may not know yet, uh, again, I think uh, most of the, the younger ones have got their, their sheets. There are sheets available on a table over there with uh, pens and so on. But we're going to begin with our call to worship and some words from Ephesians and chapter 1. And uh, the words in the yellow I'd like us to say together. So this is a reading based upon these words in Ephesians chapter 1. We keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father, may give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know him better. And we pray that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that we may know the hope to which he has called us, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote uh, his, work, his uh, letters, he always used long words and long sentences, so I apologise for the Apostle Paul there, um, but I could have broken down, I suppose, his sentences even further and his words even further, but there's power in reading and declaring scriptures together. We're actually reminded... Uh, to not give up the habit of, of reading publicly the, the scriptures. So we're going to sing together, and uh, we're, we're all gathered together today, we're all staying together, there's no separate groups um, for, for anyone, so we're all gathering together, and our prayer is today that our eyes would be opened. Open the eyes of my heart. It's a strange phrase, isn't it? Sorry, it's a strange phrase, 
open the eyes of my heart, because we haven't got little eyes on our hearts, but it's open uh, me to see, my, my very being, who I am, to see you, to experience you, to know you. Thank you. And only the uh, musicians and singers are allowed to sing, so uh, we, we will listen and we will sing in our hearts to God. Let us pray. Lord, in indeed, we desire to see you and to experience you. You know each one of us, and we thank you that you do know us, that we do not need to hide anything from you because you see us completely and fully. So we come just as we are, and we ask that you may move powerfully among us wherever we are, wherever we are in location, here in this building or watching, wherever we are. Wherever we are spiritually, whether we've been walking away from you, we feel far from you, or we feel close to you, come meet with us, we pray. 
We desire to see you and to hear you and to know you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today we're considering a, a series that we are continuing a series that we've actually begun online uh, called The People of Prayer. And these are people found throughout the, uh, the scriptures, throughout the Bible, and looking at their prayers, how they prayed, what they prayed. And today we come to a chap called Ananias. And he is uh, an obscure chap. Uh, uh, he's mentioned very briefly. Um, and he prays a prayer in Acts chapter 9. Uh, but before we look at his prayer, we need to see the context of his prayer. We need to see why he prayed this prayer. And uh, just a little bit of kind of background to this. At the time, uh, there was a man called Saul. I'll tell you what we can do. Every time I say the word Saul, if you give a thumbs down and a boo, it doesn't have to be loud, just a boo or a grumble. You know how to grumble, don't you? Do you know how to grumble? Yeah, 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 people know how to grumble. So every time I say the word Saul, then you give a thumbs down and you say boo or grumble. Right? Every time I say the word Ananias, you go, hey. Right? So you can do a thumbs up, hey. Right. So... So at the time, there was a man named Saul. Yeah. And he was not a very nice man. He thought he was a nice man. And he thought he was a good man. But he went around being horrible to Christians. What do you think of this Saul? Eh? Yeah. Well done, you're catching on. So Christians, though, um, at the time, they weren't known as Christians yet. They were known as followers of the way. You remember Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So they were followers of the way, the Jesus, Jesus Christ, who was sent to save us. And yet, Saul, he didn't think that this Jesus was the Messiah, the Saviour. He thought he was an imposter. And he wanted to do away with everything about Jesus and all of his followers. And so you know what this Saul did? He went round arresting followers of the way, men, women, maybe even children, because of course children can be followers of Jesus don't have to wait till you're an adult. And he went round and he wanted to push them out of the way. Some of them he threw into prison. And some of them he put to death. What do you think of this soul? And he went to the high priest and he asked for letters to give him permission over in a place called Damascus. It's in Syria, modern-day Syria, and he went to ask permission to, to get people put into prison over there. And he actually says what his purpose was. He says it with his own mouth. He says if he found any there in Damascus who belonged to the way, 
whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Hey, what do you think about this Saul? I'm glad we're still in agreement. And actually, he tells the story of what happened to him. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. Have you ever been in lightning? And, and maybe you've been indoors and lightning has happened and you've seen something bright, like shadows, but brightness happen on your wall. Or if you've actually been outside and see this bright flash. Well, heaven, something from heaven flashed around him and he heard a voice. And this voice said to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And this voice that was speaking to Saul said this. It's amazing. Sorry, yeah, well done. <laughs> he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Isn't that amazing? He, he thought he was persecuting, which means picking on, bullying the followers of Jesus, not Jesus himself. So suddenly, this Jesus is speaking to him from heaven. I think Saul must have realized he may have got things a bit wrong about this Jesus. And he says, go, get up, this is Jesus speaking, get up, go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless, but they heard the sound, but they didn't see anyone. And Saul got up from the ground, and when he opened his eyes, he couldn't see anything. He was blind. Can you imagine what that must be? What that must feel like to suddenly, in that moment, realize you couldn't see anything. So they led him by the hand into Damascus, and for three days he was blind. It must have felt like he was in gloom and darkness for three whole days. And he didn't eat or drink anything. Now, we'll stop there, and you, can, you don't have to carry on with the, the booze at the moment, okay? Otherwise, I'm going to catch myself out, and you're going to catch me out, okay? But Saul had the original, you may have heard it, Damascus Road experience, where there is a sudden and dramatic change, realization, oh, I've got things wrong, and I now see a new way, except that Saul couldn't see. But inside of his heart, there was something going on. Something had changed. Because even though he couldn't see with his eyes, he now saw with his heart, with the, the being that he is, and realized that there's something about this Jesus that I've got so terribly wrong, and that he may well be the saviour that God has sent to my people. Because he was saying, no, he isn't. But in this moment, he must have realized that Jesus was indeed 
the person that he and his followers claimed to be. Think for a moment how Saul, if you imagine just for a moment that you can't see, and maybe there are some of us who have sight difficulties or cannot see, how that must have felt for Saul in that moment to have had that happen to him. Not just his sight, but also encountering Jesus for himself. What are some of the things he may have felt in that moment? You can, you can call out, but not loudly, so you just have to put up, put up your hand and say it clearly. So um, what are some of the thoughts and some of the feelings that Saul may have been feeling or thinking at that time? as he met with Jesus on that road? Yes. Fear. Fear, that's a great word. Fear, so he may have felt afraid in that moment. What else? Yeah. Amazement, what a great word. Amazement. So he may have felt amazement, thinking, wow, what has just happened to me, and who is this Jesus? Yes, Miriam. You'll have to shut. Guilt. Did you say Guilt. That's fantastic. Well done. Guilt. Because in that moment, he realized, he must have realized that the things he had been doing were wrong. He shouldn't have been doing them because suddenly he met someone who was right, Jesus, who was absolutely good and holy and right. And that kind of, you know what it's like to shine a light on something, to try and find something in the dark. You shine a light in order to find the thing in the dark and that's what Paul's heart must have been like, pretty dark place. And Jesus shone a light and showed him what needed to take place in him to take away the guilt that he felt. That's a great word. Any other thoughts or feelings that Saul may have felt? Well, I think those three are pretty good, don't you? Fear, amazement, and guilt. Those feelings all mixed up, all jumbled up together. You know, sometimes when people meet Jesus, they feel a combination, a mixture of feelings, and they think a mixture of things, trying to make sense of who this Jesus is and what it means to follow him. We're going to hear sung our next song and just thinking about how God shines his light through the scriptures, through the Bible, into our lives and shows us Jesus, shows us himself of how uh, much he loves us and how we can follow him. So we're going to hear sing, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Beside. 
is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will not forget your love for me and yet my heart forever is wandering. Jesus, be my guide and hold me to your side and I will love you to the end. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. we can carry on reading in the Bible in Acts chapter 9 what happened next and uh, so the Fisher family are going to come and read to us this next part Ananias. Yes, Lord. He answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard many reports of this man and all the harm he's done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority to the ch from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Thank you. So there's going to be three points uh, that I'm going to make from this uh, prayer. And here's an overview. Prayer is about um, having a conversation. Prayer needs honesty. And prayer leads, or should lead, to obedience, us being obedient. So firstly, um, prayer is a conversation. And of course, in what we've just heard... Um, there was a conversation going on uh, between God, the Lord, and Ananias. And uh, the Lord calls Ananias in a vision, which is like a, 
uh, as though you were seeing things that seem real but aren't in the real world. Does that make sense? It's like pulling back a curtain and seeing a glimpse of something that God is showing you that you've never seen before. And so God uh, is calling to Ananias in a vision. And Ananias responds, Yes, Lord. What a great response. I suggest that if God speaks to you, that's a really good first response. If God is talking as you spend time in prayer with him daily, that as he speaks to you, you say, yes, Lord, rather than no, Lord. It's always good to agree with God in what he is asking of us. And the Lord told him to go to Saul. And Ananias answers the Lord, uh, as we'll hear in a bit, um, and then the Lord answers Ananias. So that here's a dialogue going on. This is a two-way conversation. Prayer is two-way. You, you may have heard the song, Prayer is like a telephone for us to talk to Jesus. Have you ever sung that together? It's an old one, I think. Is it? Um, in other words, and it's a pick it up and use it every day. So our talking with God and God talking to us, that's what prayer is. We're to listen as well as speak. God wants us to listen because he has things to say. He wants to share his heart, his plans, his purposes with you or uh, about others, about our land, about our church, about the people around and about us. He wants to share with us what's on his heart and in his mind. Now, who would like a, uh, a conversation with me? I have a volunteer uh, up. Uh, we could do it up the front. If you are a child and you've got permission from your parents, you can come up because you'll be live streamed, okay? Have you got permission? Yeah, great. Up you come then. Now, stand there. Now, we're going to have a conversation, all right? And I want you to talk to me, okay? Maybe tell me about uh, the things you like to do, so things like sport or games or maybe like, do you like to go to school? Yeah? 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 So you could talk to me, but I am not going to listen, all right? Do you think we can do that? Yes, I oh, know, I know, it's going to be hard, okay. So try and talk, talk to me, right, about... So if I ask you a question, so what happened at... What, what games do you like to play? Sorry, were you talking to me? You were? All right. Yeah. So tell me about school. Tell me what you like about school. Well, 
sorry, were you, were you talking to me? Yeah. Were you? How did you find talking to me when I wasn't listening to you? Hard, wasn't it? And was it, do you think I was being nice? I wasn't, was I? Was I being, what would, how would you say I was being? What was I being? Rude. Rude. I was being rude, wasn't I? Should we change it the other way round? Right, so I tell you and you, you don't listen to me. Okay, right? So, um, so uh, I, you know, I, I come. <laughs> sorry, just yeah, that's it. Um, so, what, just, I'm over here. I'm here, not over there. Yeah. Oh, okay. You are doing very well. Give him a round of applause. Very good. That's it. You can take a seat. We may all know what it's like to not be listened to, and you, you hit the nail on the head, it is rude, isn't it? It feels rude. Feels, and actually, how did it feel when you were not listening to me? Was it easy, or was it... You had to deliberately do it, I suppose. Yeah, you had to deliberately... Because I think we know we're supposed to listen to the other person who's talking to us, to keep eye contact or to show interest but if we're really not interested in what they have to say, it may be quite easy for us to not listen. God wants to speak to us, to each and every one of us, here, today, and listening on their computer. God wants to speak, and he is speaking. But are we those who are listening and who are paying attention? Because if we're not we're going to miss out on some great stuff and we're going to be rude towards God, which is not a nice thing, is it? We don't want to be rude to God. We want to give him attention because what he has to say is worth listening to. Thank you very much. That was really hard to do, I think. I, I felt quite rude doing that. But, I, I mean, I could practice later on as well. So after the service, if you talk to me, I, I might practice it again. So if I'm not listening to you, then you know I'm just practicing. We're going to hear our next song. And it's a song which is a prayer, asking God to open our eyes, to open our ears. We want to see him. We want to hear him. So make this your prayer. As you hear it sung, make this your prayer. You may want to read the words. You may want to close your eyes and pray to God and say, God, I want to see and I want to hear you. Sorry if I've been ignoring you. Sorry if I've been turning away from you. I want to turn back to you. Thank you.
So prayer is a conversation, two-way. But prayer also needs honesty. For us to be honest with God about what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what we're experiencing. Maybe what God has just told us about. And Ananias is honest with God. I've heard many reports, he says, about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. He's come here with authority to, from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. Ananias is a listener. He's heard many reports about Saul. He has heard of all the harm. He knows that Saul has come with authority to arrest. And he's being honest with God. Maybe he was feeling some things as well. I wonder what you think Ananias felt. As God was asking him to welcome a man who was putting followers of Jesus in prison, and Ananias was a follower of Jesus, what do you think Ananias must have felt or must have thought when God asked him to meet with, Anna, uh, with Saul? What do you think Ananias felt or thought? Yep. Fear, apprehension. It's interesting, isn't it? Fear and kind of thinking twice about things and similar to Saul. Saul may have been feeling fear as well. But Ananias was feeling fear. This man has been doing some really nasty things to followers like me. Any other thoughts or feelings? Yeah, Camellia. I can't hear. Curiosity. Curiosity, great word. So he may have been thinking, hang on a moment, this Saul is someone who was pursuing Christians, chasing Christians to put them in prison, but now he is coming to me. Uh, what's this all about? And it's interesting how God sometimes, when he speaks to us, there's a curiosity that, comes within us that we think, I wonder what you mean, Lord, and that helps us to go further in that conversation with him. Yes. Anger. Ananias may have felt anger in that moment. And all the emotions, all the feelings around that, I know what this Saul has done. And maybe if I was Ananias, may I have been having a conversation with God to say, I'm not going to do it. I know what he's done. You're asking me to do this. I'm not going to show him grace or forgiveness for what he's done. Thankfully, I think Ananias wasn't like me, so... So why me? So asking that question of why me and feeling challenged. And isn't that great that, that God... Oh, yeah. I'd assume that I'd misheard because that's a bonkers idea. You would have assumed that you'd misheard. Yeah. <laughs> so great. So, so you've got these questions going on. 
So maybe thinking, so why, why choose me? And are you sure you've said that, God? Have I heard you correctly? And yet, coming to that realisation, if that is what God is asking me to do, then that's a real challenge. That's not an easy thing. And actually, sometimes God asks us to do the difficult. To do the difficult. Not necessarily the impossible. I don't think God actually asks us ever to do something that we physically could not do. But sometimes the barrier is in here. And so God does ask us sometimes to do the difficult thing. That might be forgiving someone. It might be, yes, feeling angry, but acting with love towards them. It might be saying, Lord, I think you're saying this. If I'm wrong, then stop me because I'm going to obey you. But to be honest with God about what we think and how we feel is always best when we come to prayer. Before we sing our next song, just take a moment of what that means for you as an individual. God may have spoken to you about things, about your life, he may have spoken to you as you've read the Bible where it says things like forgive people or show grace to people or so on. And you know you need to be honest and upfront with him, with God, and say, God, I hear what you are saying and it is difficult, but Lord, I want to be honest with you. We're going to hear sung our next song, O Lead Me, remembering that Jesus did the difficult thing in going to the cross for each one of us. He saw us and he loved us and he demonstrates that love for us as he dies for us on the cross.
So the third thing we can learn, besides prayer being a conversation and prayer needing honesty, is that prayer leads or should lead to obedience. Twice, God says to Ananias, go. Go to the house of Judas and go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name. And so he asks him twice to go and thankfully Ananias obeys. See, God makes it clear to him that he is the man for the job. Whether he was thinking, have I heard correctly? Are you sure me? Whether he was thinking and feeling all kinds of things, he knew that God had picked him to do this difficult thing. No one else would do. And you know, you may well be hand-picked by God to do what he's asked you to do. And he will be with you, and he will strengthen you, and he will encourage you as you go. I wonder if I could have two volunteers. You don't necessarily have to appear on the screen this time or on the, the live stream, but it is an act of obedience. You'll have to follow instructions and you have to not be allergic to perhaps peanuts or nuts because the thing that I've got waiting for you at the end of this does say may contain nuts or may contain peanuts. Miriam, would you like to... Uh, yep, you can come again. Yep, come on then. Okay, so stand there, stand there, that's it. Miriam, that's it, up, up here, stand there. Now, there's, there's t actually two things that I've got. Um, they're both the same, but you need to follow instructions, okay? So you need to listen to these instructions really carefully, and I have to get my lefts and rights ready, right? Right, so you will turn left, and you will walk to where the doors are, then you will follow the, follow the wall around to the left, past the... At sound desk and past the doors that are entrance where Tim is standing and you'll continue to walk all the way uh, past the walls towards where the uh, window is, the stained glass window, the coloured window and you will then uh, step forwards a bit and there are, there's an adult and a child sitting in a couple of chairs that have the thing that you're searching for. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay, do you think they're going to be able to do this? No, you, you, uh, my instructions are rubbish. But hopefully you've heard some of the little clues along the way. Okay, go for it. There's an adult and a child with something for you. Okay, give them a round of applause. I think they managed that. So if you take your seats, well done. Now, you did really well in following extremely clear instructions. <laughs> 
You know, sometimes when God speaks to us, he knows, he knows what we're like. And he knows what I'm like. And sometimes he needs to spell things out nice and clear and nice and loud for me. As we engage with God, as we encounter him, as we speak and chat with him and talk to him in prayer, we can trust that God will not lead us astray. He will always lead us in the right ways. And so let's be those who listen and to obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way than to be happy in Jesus, than to trust and obey. And so let's be those who, yes, we might have to do the difficult, but with God's help, we can. We're going to hear sung our final uh, song, a hymn, familiar one to many of us, Master, speak. Thy servant heareth. So we want to be those who are listening to God, who is our master, our boss, the one in charge of our lives and of our hearts.
we come to the close of our service and a prayer will come on our screen. We're going to read this out and pray this uh, together and then following this, uh, words of the, the grace. And if you have uh, today uh, done some colouring or done some word search or whatever, I'm going to be waiting out in the entrance out there. So if you'd be very happy to... to I'd be very happy to see you and if you'd like to show me how well you've done, uh, then I'll be uh, out there. So let's uh, pray this prayer together. Open our eyes, Lord. Open our ears, Lord. Help us to see. Help us to hear. Help us to obey. Amen. And we're going to say the words of the grace to one another. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. And uh, as you know, we need to make our way out, uh, but the musicians are gonna, and singers are going to sing uh, some a song, uh, The Grace to Us, and so please feel free to uh, go in your own time. Uh, but again, remember that we're not supposed to chat on the premises, uh, but it may be that you want to gather next door on the, uh, the park area, not larger than a group of 30, I believe. Um, so, uh, <laughs> bless you. we